0: Broadcast
1: system. Hello and welcome to the 146th annual Subliminal Reception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody. I'm Joe. My pal Phil. How are you
0: doing? Good, buddy. How about yourself?
1: Not doing too bad. We've been rocking the 30 to 40 degree temperatures here. It's quite a heat wave. Uh, nice. it's, it's beautiful to watch the snow melting. Gives you hope that there is a there. It will come a time when there. It's not cold and snowy.
0: Yeah, that's nice. It's been getting. Uh, it feels a little bit more March. Here. We got up to about I think almost ninety today <laughs> and yesterday. So it's getting getting close. So,
1: well, there's. Uh, I guess we might as well talk about the. I guess Soviet bear in the room here. Um the the current war between Ukraine and Russia. Um. I was reading something this morning, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I definitely see this being a possible thing in America in the future. But um, obviously, the rich people in Russia are suffering because of the tariffs and and sanctions and stuff. Yes. So apparently, one of the wealthiest people um, is offering a reward for the assassination of Vladimir Putin.
0: Ah, so a Valkyrie situation, basically. <laughs> Is that what they call that? Oh, it was, uh, in World War II, there was, they made a movie about it. There was, uh, basically they called it the Valkyrie, which was the assassination attempt on Adolf Hitler. The, the They tried to take over the, you know, the German state from Adolf Hitler, uh, and make peace with the allies, but it didn't work. He lived. So they all died. Okay. Horribly.
1: All right. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I could see like Jeff Bezos offering a reward for an assassination. What do you what do you think?
0: I think Jeff Bezos is probably powerful enough. One of his satellites would probably take (laughs) out whoever he wants. So I I totally wouldn't doubt it.
1: Very true. So what have you been hearing about uh, the latest conflict?
0: Oh, just kind of some crazy fucking videos. I don't know if they're all true or not. Who knows? It is. There's a state of war going on. So there's a lot of misinformation. But apparently a lot of the Ukrainians are stealing weapons or capturing weapons from the Russian fighters. Uh, apparently there was. Oh, so there was a actually a news story that I saw this morning where some Ukrainian farmers or villagers saw that one of their bridges was half destroyed. And they went and they took the camera and they looked over the side of the bridge and there was a flipped over Russian tank in the water. So wow. it, must have fall- it must have fallen off or something like that. But I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where I'm trying to figure out, like me and a few of the guys at work, we're trying to figure out, can they actually escape from that tank when it's flipped upside down? Or so were they were there dead Russians in that tank, basically?
1: I I don't know, but that'd be a, a horrible way to die.
0: Oh, very much so. Especially flipping over inside of a tank like that. You're probably going to get knocked out from banging your head against the top of that tank. And then you just kind of slowly drown. Do you think the, they thought
1: know. maybe it was one of those amphibious uh, amphibious vehicles?
0: no this was a small river it was and (laughs) it was definitely so some tanks they can have amphibious um basically like snorkels on them and they can get watertight so that they can drive under the water this one was flipped over you know it was upside down so any snorkel would have been broken off and just sucking in water so not the situation
1: i I was more making a joke about those tourist things you always see like the boat boat car yes the boat car um, here's it. Here's what I'm wondering. Do you think that we at the world, I guess, assumed Russia was more advanced militaristically or are they just is this just such old equipment and stuff that it's just
0: junk kind of. So one of my coworkers had a theory that they just threw in their reserves because they assumed that Ukraine would just kind of fall like right in front of them. They figured they figured they would just kind of roll over, but that didn't happen. So they're thinking that they're saving back all of their new shit in case the allies, you know, NATO attacks. So supposedly there's like this huge convoy that's coming from Russia to Ukraine to resupply all of the troops that are already there. So I don't know, probably their better shit is coming, but it looks like they didn't bring their, like their best equipment really.
1: Well, this is what I was wondering. I'm like, man, they are getting repelled pretty easy. There has to be some something missing. Maybe that is the case that they just kind of because there's a lot of stories of it being like
0: young, inexperienced,
1: inexperienced soldiers there. Right.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. It's it's I mean, you got to think, too, a lot of. A lot of the military guys, a lot of the soldiers, do they even really want to be there? Also, it's, it's winter. It's not good. You know, I mean, obviously, they're used to the winter. But when you actually have to go out and, you know, live in the cold, you got to go out and fight in the cold in a place where, you know, you don't want to be maybe. Maybe this, you know, maybe that could be why. But I don't know. I have no idea, obviously.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a very weird time uh one quick question before we get into the episode um
0: do you think putin might have like dementia or something well that's kind of what the propaganda possibly is is starting to come out it seems like he's lost a lot of faith from his his main generals it's kind of you know that could all just be misinformation but kind of what's going around is they're wondering about his mental state Um, Like, why is he doing this? You know, you've got to know that there would be repercussions. And Russia's economy, basically, the European banks have done shit over the past few days that have crippled a lot of the Russian banks, Um, turning them. I read a story basically saying overnight, the London banks turned the Russian banks into penny stocks, basically, just completely, completely wiped out their worth. So, well,
1: uh, maybe we should all invest in the ruble. While it's really oh. cheap, Phil, and then, <laughs> if it ever goes back, we're going to be Russian rich.
0: Yeah, anyone who missed out on GameStop and BlackBerry, go ahead and get into the <laughs> ruble market now. So,
1: No, I was just curious because, you know, obviously you did that whole episode about Putin. He seemed yep. like a pretty strategically smart guy, um, and this just seems really like a stupid thing to do.
0: Yeah, he's not really, he's known for bolstering. He's known for bravado. He's not known for cowboy shit. And that's what this is. This is cowboy shit. This is some Dick which he, is not, shit. he is not known for cowboy shit. He's a chess player, basically. This maybe, is, maybe. This, he, this is drunk checkers, basically. Maybe he,
1: he saw that movie about Dick Cheney starring Christian Bale, and he's like, I oh, want to just invade a country, too.
0: Yeah, just just <laughs> make it happen, boys. Just everybody go. Get in your tanks and go. Yeah, maybe. You
1: know, you know what's funny, actually, about Dick Cheney? Um, Today at work, I was joking around, like, on the show that you and I joke he's immortal. Um, mm-hmm. And they were like, no, he's dead. He's been dead. I'm like, he is not fucking dead. He's got a freezer full of child hearts. He's good <laughs> to go. He's got enough hearts to last another fucking century.
0: Definitely. He's got a propane tank full of fucking young boy's blood that he hooks up every night. (laughs) Has to.
1: Uh, I heard his daughter was a lesbian. He's very upset about that, but I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, Oh, yeah.
0: No, that's that's from a long time ago. That's yeah. No, he's that was during the uh, presidential campaign that people were talking about that. And basically he pissed off the Republicans when he said that he was cool with her. Living her life the way she wanted to.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, well, I guess yeah,
0: that was that was twenty. That was twenty years ago.
1: Oh, okay. I right. good on you, Dick Cheney. Then, all right, Phil. Are you are you ready for this week's episode?
0: Yeah, let's get into it.
1: All right. This week we are going to be traveling back to the 1500s in modern day Germany which at this time was known as the Holy Roman Empire. Now, I want to be sure I have this right, Phil. Was this the name of this particular sect of land during the 1500s?
0: Yeah, so the entire area, now known as Germany, was made up from the Holy Roman Empire. It was a bunch of different, uh, basically a bunch of different kingdoms, provinces, you know, counties, all kind of made up. They all had their own leaders. Um, they all fought against each other. They fought, you know, with each other. It was just kind of a crazy. Um, they, there was one top guy in charge, but there was hundreds of basically governors in control also.
1: Okay. So. I just wanted to make sure because obviously you can see the place we're about to talk about, a uh, very famous location. Um, but... Yeah, I wasn't positive, but I was pretty certain that's what it was called. But thank you. Uh, And the other thing I wanted to... And I was thinking about this. Okay, how is it the Romans killed Jesus, okay? They had their pagan religion or whatever. But around this time, the Holy Roman Empire or lots of different Roman things, medieval things, uh, are basically
0: hardcore Christian. What is... What is up with that? Well, the joke about the Holy Roman Empire is, is that it was neither holy, Roman, or an empire, <laughs> so it was just kind of named the Holy Roman Empire.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: It, um. So you know how like the Roman Empire like Christianized and all of that stuff. Um. Basically, there was this really good ruler named Charlemagne that kind of like combined all of the land that he took over into the Holy Roman Empire became the first holy roman emperor and it it kind of splintered off from there um you know nothing could last forever basically it it kind of held together but you know it wasn't uh it wasn't very consistent in power really yeah, the power so. behind the military power behind everything was kind of fought between like prussia and austria and hungary um you know it was sometimes they were combined all into one sometimes they split off it was this weird little kind of you know big basically just a huge thing of land and sometimes they would be together sometimes they would all split away so
1: just like iowa right definitely yeah Yeah. (laughs) just like wisconsin (laughs) now uh basically the holy roman empire uh we're gonna take a look at a very interesting story that had been pretty well documented um similar to how the hollow boat story that we covered quite... I don't remember how many episodes ago uh, ago that was. Um, but what makes this story most intriguing is the fact that it sounds like the citizens who were able to witness this event basically saw a full-on aerial battle between mysterious objects. So I... I you know, obviously we've covered a lot of UFOs. Do you remember any story where it was like them fighting? Like UFOs or something fighting in the sky?
0: I mean, we talked about Foo Fighters a little bit. Uh, we also talked about the World War I aerial battles. I don't remember if we even mentioned anything about UFOs fighting each other. Obviously, there's the famous Ancient Aliens episodes. Um, the uh, the The ancient cultures in India... Watching those city-sized UFOs shoot nuclear bombs at each other pretty much Um, Wait, what is this? You've never heard of that? No So there's a there's ancient legends. I believe it's India or Persia I'm not exactly sure but the ancient legend is that these city-sized UFOs would be up in the sky Firing like these weapons that never before seen obviously by the ancient people but firing these massive weapons at each other, um, they kind of, they made it out to, if you were a person living in ancient times and you saw something as huge as like a mothership in the sky, you would just say, oh, it looks like a city. So you would draw it as a really big city in the sky, right. a floating city. Yeah. right? But yeah, it's, uh, they were all over ancient ancient episodes.
1: Huh. So. I Okay. Now that you mentioned that, yeah, that's definitely needs to be a future episode for us. Um, I had never heard that, but... Uh, it basically sounds like Independence Day. Great documentary.
0: Oh yeah, excellent documentary. Yeah, so it was I can't remember in my head exactly what it was called, but it was always they would mention it, I swear, every like third episode on <laughs> Ancient Aliens. So
1: uh, what a great show. Anyway, now before we get into like the meat and potatoes of the story, um, I want to start with the gentleman who was ultimately responsible for actually documenting the event that occurred. This man's name was Hans Wolf Glaser, uh, which is, in my opinion, almost the most generic German name I've ever heard in my life. Uh, yeah, Hans it, Wolf. Sounds,
0: it sounds like a team of German gladiators. <laughs> like if they had an American gladiator show in Germany. You know Next we will was- we'll be fighting Hans Wolf Glaser. <laughs> Uh, He either
1: owns a donut shop or he, he is like the captain of the American Gladiators. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely oiled up. Now, ha- <laughs> Hans was said to have been born, I guess, exactly on in 1500, Um, and he lived in Nuremberg. Historical records show that Hans's professions were listed as woodcutter, woodcut tinter, and letter painter letter printer and publisher uh apparently Hans referred to his house in Nuremberg as the Schmelthuten <laughs> Schmelthuten or something like that which uh, translates to smelters
0: um, okay yeah we we had a few episodes before where we talked about um the the, the Rothschild's episodes where basically all houses had a name oh, so, did it yeah, did if they? you remember that the all of the big houses, yeah, they all seem to have names,
1: so you think because he calls his house the smelters um he he must have had a fairly decent house
0: well yeah if his not if his house actually had a name, it was obviously better than you know living in some basement shithole tenement, <laughs> you know well, when I think about
1: a smelter, it doesn't sound like a place you want to be sleeping,
0: yeah, no, it's. I mean, maybe it translates to smelters. Who knows what, you know, it is referring to. But there's a, so there's a house in the town that I used to live near when I was in England. And it's called the Old Bakery, like the bakery or something like that. And that's because like 500 years ago, it was a bakery, but then they turned it into a home. So maybe that was an old smelter. And then they kind of just, they, you know, got all of the ironwork stuff out of there and turned it into a house.
1: Yeah, he probably just turned the big smelting pot upside down, and like a hermit crab, he just kind of lives inside of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, yeah. But look at all them job titles there, though. Woodcutter, Woodcut Tinter. I mean, he, Woodcutter, Woodcut Tinter, that kind of sounds like the jobs he had when he was just coming up. But then you get into letter printer and publisher. If you worked with the like the printing presses back then, that was basically, you might as well have been like cutting edge. It's almost like being a tech person nowadays. I
1: suppose that is true. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about the picture Phil can see here, um, this picture, and then the two other pictures that I linked to you. Okay. These are his pieces of work. The, okay the one the main one with the son here with all the balls yep. that's what that's what the episode's about um, obviously we know without a doubt that's him now these other two the other son and this old man with this looks like one of those things babies used to walk around in do you know what I'm talking about like the oh, tray like with the, like the like, f-
0: the like a stroller yeah the, with wheels on it yeah. yeah
1: I but apparently this is his work here, and these are carved
0: into wood, as far as I know. Wood prints. Yeah, Yeah.
1: so it's quite impressive, actually.
0: Yeah, we actually, we did something like this when we were in high school, where we kind of, like, cut into wood and made prints. It's basically the same technology. And then you press a piece of paper against it. Um, Yeah, it's kind of, it's, I mean, I'm not exactly sure about art from the time, but it, it looks very gothic. It's it, to describe it. There's the old man with like the baby stroller. Yeah. Um. Like the thing that the thing that babies when you're teaching them how to, walk, you basically like sit them in it and they can like scoot around in it. Yeah. There's yeah. also some cherubs. Uh. You know, like a skull with a a skull that's sitting on top of the hourglass. That's kind of weird.
1: Yeah. I don't know what this the hell this is supposed to be. Is this him? I don't know. It's very strange. Okay.
0: Does does this relate to just some of his previous work or is this actually involved with the events that we're this, gonna be talking about? Those
1: two pictures that I showed you are not involved with the episode at all. But I wanted okay. you I wanted you particularly to get an idea of once we start talking about the main thing here, um kind of I how can I say this? Like could this man be exaggerating a little bit? Could he be fluffing it up with his art here a little bit? Um, gotcha. That's what I'm trying to say. We'll, we're going to go through like what he actually, he not only made the print of it, he also wrote the news article and we'll be reading the verbatim news article as well. Um. So, uh, so, yeah, just, it was kind of like a frame of reference. I wanted you to get an idea of like what this guy made, I guess, is what I'm saying. So
0: basically he witnessed Jesus's death. And he wrote the testament himself. Yeah. So awfully yeah. convenient. Yeah.
1: You know this guy had all the
0: chicks he wanted in town. Oh, definitely. He's got that uh he's got the keys to the printing press. Yeah. <laughs> he's Mr. Big Shot in town. <laughs> he's getting
1: all the free drinks and free Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all the all the free uh yeah, all the all the best barmaids in town just walk <laughs> to his table.
1: Now what Hans is would become most known for is the news article that he created on April 14th, 1561. Um, he would go on to print a broadsheet news article with an illustrated woodcut engraving and text attached to it. This particular news article was titled, quote, A Mass Sighting of a Celestial Event. Now, Phil, this is um, obviously you can see this here. Just judging from the picture, it it either looks like the sun from Super Mario 3 or it is in fact a mass sighting of a
0: Celestial event. Yeah, it kind of looks like the sun from CBS this morning. <laughs> um looks a little bit like that. Uh yeah, it's it's very odd. There is yeah. it looks like they are firing gumballs at each other, basically. Yeah, it's
1: very it's very strange. We're obviously gonna he goes into pretty good detail about what's going on here, but um, yeah, yeah, it's a very unique description. If this is in fact what he, 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 and citizens of Nuremberg witnessed in 1561, um, but I, I guess we can just start kind of going through uh, what what's actually written here. Um, I assume this is a direct translation. This is what the website listed and we kind of I split it up into three sections cuz it's actually fairly long. Um yep. but to, but we'll start here. In the morning of April 14th, 1561, at daybreak between 4 and 5 a.m., a dreadful apparition occurred on the sun and then this was seen in Nuremberg in the city before the gates and in the country by many men and women. At first, there appeared in the middle of the sun two blood red semicircular arcs just like the moon in its last quarter. And in the sun, above and below on both sides, the color was blood. There stood a round ball of partly dull, partly black, furious color. Likewise, there stood on both sides and as a torus. About the sun, such blood-red ones and other balls in large number. About three in a line and four in a square and some alone. In between these globes, there were visible a few blood-red crosses between which were blood-red stripes becoming thicker to the rear and in front malleable like the rods of reed grass which were intermingled along them. Two big rods, one on the right, the other on the left. And within the small and big rods, there were three, also four and more globes. It's a little confusing, um, what he's detailing here. But if you look at the picture, he's essentially saying, you have the sun, the red arcs there, the two blood red arcs. And then there's dots and fucking rods, like all over the place. And little yep. red crosses. Um, like, they don't know what the shapes are, but it's something they've never seen before.
0: Yeah, he's trying. It sounds like he is trying to describe something to the best of his ability, which he completely cannot explain, has no experience <laughs> ever seen. Yeah. Kind of like um, they always talk about with the people who have, like, the visions of the future, um, like, you know, a thousand years ago. John and Edwards. It's like, John Edwards. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh, The prophets, basically. Almost like Nostradamus. What Nostradamus kind of like trying to describe. Right. Basically, they take what he describes as, you know, like horses stampeding and all of this fire coming out. And they're like, that kind of sounds like attack helicopters or that kind of sounds like this or that or tanks, whatnot. So it, it does seem like he describes the kind of like a few things here. So it does sound like he describes the formations that these balls are flying around it. Right. Um, he kind of says they're in like lines and they're in shapes. They're flying around in shapes. Um, he also, that word that you were trying to say was, is Ferris. Ferris. Okay. Partly black Ferris colors, which kind of sounds like Ferris is like iron. Um you oh, know, the uh, yes, yeah, you're so, right. So it's almost like if it was a, something ferrous in color, that's kind of like what we think of like metal, like, yeah, steel. like dull almost, yeah, like um, like like that matte kind of met black metal color, which would make sense
1: if we would speculate here if they
0: were flying objects, yes, yeah. It kind of sounds like he's to the best of his ability, obviously, speculation, you know, coming from you know, living in the 21st century. <laughs> but speculation that this could be UFO event, you know. Right. Is what you kind of take it off right away. And he even calls it the um, a mass sighting of celestial events. So it's kind of like mass sightings we have now. He used the word mass sighting, basically. So a little bit of the verbiage we still use today.
1: Well, let me uh, let me read you another section here. This one, okay. the next two, I think, are a little more clear on what's going on Uh, these all started to fight amongst themselves so that the globes which were first in the sun flew out to the ones standing on both sides thereafter the globes standing outside the sun in the small and large rods flew into the sun besides the globes flew back and forth among themselves and fought vehemently with each other for over an hour And when the conflict in and again out of the sun was most intense, they became fatigued to such an extent that they all, as said above, fell from the sun down to the earth as if they all burned and they then wasted away on the earth with immense smoke. So this here, you have all the shapes. Now he's saying basically they all started fighting and swirling at each other In all of this and that, and then they just ran out of juice, fell to the earth, and burned up, and it was smoking everywhere.
0: Yeah, like they were dogfighting each other. Right. Kind of trying to get in position to take each other down. So if Um, you look
1: at the original picture, I assume that's what these fumes of smoke are here. If you see at the bottom, it looks like gumballs all over the place that are smoking.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what... um, I was trying to figure out when I first saw it if those were weapons or if those were supposed to be ships. So apparently what he's saying is once they exhaust, either they are damaged or they run out of juice. They fall from the sky and, you know, start on fire.
1: Yeah. Yeah, basically.
0: Okay. Yeah. It definitely sounds like he's describing, doesn't sound like he's describing anything natural. Um, I mean, who knows? He might be exaggerating exactly saw he could have seen um maybe i don't know it could have been something he keeps on describing the sun like it coming from the sun so it could have been something like uh not sunspots solar flares that's what they're called okay those are those are quite terrifying phil yeah uh well i mean right now i don't i don't exactly know what one would look like if it hit the they talk about, like, ejection of, like, whatever, you know, radiation coming. Now they would burn out all of our cell phones and we'd be in the dark ages. But back then, you know, they didn't have any of that shit. So <laughs> they might not have even noticed yeah. it. You wouldn't even wake up for it, really. Well, Okay,
1: so they have, like, the solar flare that would basically burn up the atmosphere and kill us all. And then they have the solar flare that's like an EMP blast, right?
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, so the ones that are really bad uh, come from basically they call it a gamma burst and it comes from a star like not our own sun it comes from a star you know outside of our solar system and if it ever hit us it would completely just vaporize all the oceans and it would kill everything not you know a mile underground so that's a gamma a gamma ray burst huh. but yeah a solar flare uh, a powerful one would definitely Um, destroy every piece of technology on Earth. Is from what I've heard.
1: Um, Isn't the gamma what made the Incredible Hulk? I'm pretty sure it is.
0: Possibly. Yeah, it's all on the (laughs) spectrum. Yeah, the light spectrum. All right,
1: well, let's hope uh, gamma rays uh, don't hit Earth anytime soon. We'll just just say that.
0: If it ever hit us, we wouldn't know it. We would just instantly just vaporize. So it'd be fine.
1: Yeah, I suppose that's true. We'd just be incinerated instantly, huh?
0: Yeah, might be the best way to blink out humanity, actually. <laughs> just out, you know, just poof, gone.
1: Very true. Um. Anyway, continuing on here with the last section. After all this, there was something like a black spear. A very long and thick sighted. The shaft pointed to the east. The point pointed west. Whatever such signs mean, God alone knows, although we have seen shortly one after another many kinds of signs on the heaven, which are sent to us by the Almighty God to bring us to repentance. We still are, unfortunately, so ungrateful that we despise such high signs and miracles of God, or... We speak of them with ridicule and discard them to the wind in order that God may send us a frightening punishment on account of our ungratefulness. After all, the God fearing will by no means discard these signs, but will take it to heart as a warning of their merciful father in heaven will mend their lives and faithfully beg God that he may avert his wrath, including the well-deserved punishment on us, so that we may temporarily here and perpetually there live as his children. For it may God grant us his help. Amen. By Hans Glaser, letter painter of Nuremberg. So, he, he, he went awfully um, hellfire and brimstone there.
0: Yeah, he had to throw JC in there at the end, of course. I'm surprised he didn't mention anything about putting anything at the po- in the pot at church on Sunday. <laughs> Make uh, sure you get to church, you fucking heathens.
1: You know he's not sharing his schnitzel, I'll tell you that much right now.
0: Um, oh, yeah. The so, wooden shoes are not coming off his feet for anybody. So what it
1: sounded like, after reading this, is Hans was kind of... It sounded like the church was in charge or the bishop or whatever in this area was in charge of everybody and Hans essentially worked for him. So that's kind of why he had to write all the God stuff in there. That's the, that's what I've heard.
0: A few things in there. So most of the work that these um, early printers actually got was reprinting like announcements for the church or um, Bibles, uh, after the Reformation, when it was, you know, kind of made, the Bible was made public to everyone, uh, Gutenberg's, you know, the Bible basically when it went out to the masses, that's where a lot of their work came from. There wasn't a lot of need to print a lot of other stuff besides the Bible. Um, I would also say that anything that you wrote or anything that was public, if it didn't mention hellfire and brimstone and God, in some part of it, I'd bet a wild cherry Pepsi that your ass was probably going in the pit. You know, you would <laughs> fucking tortured. be on fire. Yeah.
1: Well, we're going to, um, we're going to kind of talk about, uh, some of this is, I guess, a possible explanation, um, of why he may have wrote it this way. Um, hmm. but we'll kind of, the explanations are kind Obviously, it's 1561. It's kind of hard to nail down exactly what they were seeing, but there's a few things. Before we start here, do you... Well, actually, you know what? Hold that thought. We'll come back to what you think might they might have been seeing here. Uh, okay. I'll just start. I do the opposite of you. I start with craziest first and work my way back. Um, we'll start with an alien battle. Could it be possible that the citizens of Nuremberg were actually able to witness two separate factions of extraterrestrials doing battle with one another? Could it be possible that there was a tear in the uh, fabric between dimensions, thus allowing the citizens of Nuremberg to actually witness a battle between UFOs or something like that? I know you've talked about the tear, like a tear in reality or whatever that allows you to see somebody else's dimension or whatever do you do you know what i'm talking about
0: oh yeah definitely i know what you're talking about the window. Um, it would i mean obviously if there were different factions of aliens which you you always read about it, it does fan fiction when you read about the different alien factions trying to control earth for some reason you know um basically kind of like it's always you know the reptilians versus the insectoids versus (laughs) the Nordics, that kind of shit. Some of them are allied together. Some of them fight each other, you know, some of them fuck basically in the lonelier authors, you know, tales. But I would say this is pretty, I mean, if you take his, what if you take his eyewitness as fact, my problem with it is I will mention this. My problem with it is I'm only hearing about it from him in the entire town or city of Nuremberg there's only one account of it and it's from him right so it was it was very early in the morning but i'm guessing that this would have woke some people up
1: well um, it sounded like most people got up this early
0: like yeah the, i mean most most people got up with the sun yeah so okay
1: yeah so you've heard of this before like the cuz i thought it was weird that like almost everybody got up 4 or 5 in the morning but if you're saying They, since they didn't really have a clock, they just all got up when the sun came up.
0: Oh, yeah. And I mean, if everyone back then had chicken. So if you have Ah. roosters all over town, what you, you lived on a farm with chickens and a rooster. What did the fucking rooster do when the sun comes up? Yeah. Basically, um, I was thinking about it. Four to five a.m. is pretty early in April for the sun to come up. Then I remembered that in Germany, it's very high up latitude-wise. So, actually, that does kind of sound about right for when the sun does start coming up um, in April. But, the yeah, it would make sense, though, if the sun was coming up, that people would be out in the streets. And this wasn't, like, a quick event. He said that this lasted for quite a while.
1: An hour, yeah. Yeah. So, here's Um, the other thing. Like, obviously, he documented it, but how many other people would have the ability to document it like he did
0: um i mean word travels around obviously there were you know other people with printing presses there were other uh people if there was an event like that you would think that there would be some i mean back then mostly the people writing stuff down would have been like you know maybe scientists Um, There was also like church people writing shit down too. It's kind of weird. This is just when we start getting things like really recorded like very well again after like a long period of not having shit written down very. So it would be if this was like 300 years ago, I would see it not being written down. But at this time, definitely. I mean, think about it. There was colonization happening in the new world at this time. So like. You know, word was getting around about stuff, basically, is what I'm saying. So I want to circle
1: back to that. Um, I guess it'll kind of lean into what I'm going to say next, which um, I think a reason maybe it wasn't more popular is because people, more specifically Hans Glaser, um, the way he wrote the article, very clearly indicates that he believes this is God's, revenge or God punishing uh, the citizens of Nuremberg. Um, I'm sure a lot of other people thought if they were actually witnessing this and they didn't know what the hell was going on, they probably and uh, all the Christianity and and everything was pretty rampant, obviously, that they probably just saw this was God punishing them and they needed to repent for their sins, which is a very big Catholic thing. Um, But... Yeah, and, and I guess some from some one article I was reading, they think the reason he described the burning crosses as well was kind of to indicate just how angry God was. Um, hmm. And the giant black arrow that you see in the picture that apparently showed up after all the ships had blown up or whatever was apparently God showing his citizens which or showing his followers which direction they should go. Um, Something like that. So what I'm saying here is essentially that maybe if we heard this now, we're like, oh, that sounds like UFOs. But back then, they're just like, oh, this must be just God doing this to us because they have literally not a single other possible explanation for what's happening.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it... You would, well, you would think that, like, burning orbs coming down and, you know, destroying buildings in a, <laughs> in a German city might make the history books a little bit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I could see that. I could see also how everyone would just kind of hear this story and say, like, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's true. But they have to say that because they're worried about getting lynched. Yeah. So in the, in reality, they probably think, ah oh, that's bullshit that they're trying to feed us. But I have to pretend. Kind of like I believe it. Or else I'll get fucking, you know, yeah, thrown get, on the spikes you'll or something. you get
1: crucified again by the goddamn bishop.
0: Yeah, the Jesus freaks, you know. <laughs> they they love a whipping and a tearing skin, so.
1: You know what's funny? You mentioned that. Um, I was listening to the Carl Panzram episodes of Last Podcast on the Left uh, today. Do yep. you remember
0: him? I believe so. I, I think yeah. I've heard that one.
1: <laughs> he went to like a Christian reform school from like 18 late 1800s early 1900s uh mm-hmm. yeah they would whip the faith into you that uh they'd beat you to start believing in god
0: yeah that was very big um it i don't know if it actually started during the black plague but there were bands of men who would go from town to town whipping themselves and of course killing jews but <laughs> yeah they know- were uh yeah pretty crazy group of people, but yeah, that was a big thing. I didn't realize it lasted all the way up till the nineteen hundreds, but it's amazing that Christianity you know still exists today, so,
1: oh, I guarantee uh religious sects around the world will try to beat people into submission. That's mostly
0: just sex stuff
1: though <laughs> yeah there you go. all right now, um, let's move on to what might be. The most plausible explanation, or at least the most scientific one, um, is a natural phenomena known as a sun dog or mock sun. It is defined by meteorology as an atmospheric optical phenomena that consists of a bright spot to one or both sides of the sun. This is caused by refraction of sunlight by ice crystals in the atmosphere, the sun dogs are most visible when the sun is near the horizon. Now, while I can see this as being pretty plausible explanation, it doesn't really necessarily explain all of the orbs, the rods, the balls fighting, the balls crashing, the smoke coming up, or the large black arrow. So, and you can see I included a picture here of what a sun dog looks like. Now... Yeah what I think is really interesting here is you obviously see the, it looks like a giant orb around the sun. Um, In his picture, he depicts the streaks as um, uh, vertical or I'm sorry, horizontal to the sun. And these are vertical ones.
0: Yeah. They're basically just kind of coming off of the sun. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's um, the, the thing I have, I mean, obviously it's, you know, it's a good explanation. It kind of seems like the explanation you get from, you know, the the federal government. Almost yeah. like, oh, no, it's swamp gas. It was Venus. <laughs> no, it was sundogs. You know, it kind of seems like that where they You're just right. kind of pull that one out like, oh, it's sundogs. I'm guessing I've seen sun dogs many, many times in my life coming, you know, at either at sunset or sunrise. A lot of, you know, most people have. They're not uncommon. So I'm guessing these people who basically told time most of the time by looking at the sun or finding the sun's position probably have seen sun dogs in their life. That's a good point. I didn't even consider
1: that actually.
0: Yeah. The sun was very important for like time telling and you know, I mean back then they, they would have, they would have started having, you know, clocks and stuff like that. They had, you know, They had like wind up clocks back then. Um, Not really as like, you know, not, not quite like in the 1800s, like, you know, how well those clocks were, but they were starting to have like clocks, but I mean, the common man was still using the sun pretty much.
1: Uh, You know what? Ironically, you saying you've seen a lot of these, this picture, if I remember correctly from the source was taken in South Dakota, actually, Phil.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it does look like a barren hellhole <laughs> filled with, you know, snow and misery. So, yeah, South Dakota would fuck for that. Uh, that uh, <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> that picture.
1: The, you know, what's funny. Obviously, you you probably are going to be there. Um, I don't believe there will be this much snow, though, unfortunately. Uh, Thank When God. you get there, yes. There is supposedly a snowstorm coming Friday, but maybe it won't uh come that far west i don't know
0: yeah the last time i was in the midwest during march there was the the last gasp blizzard uh two years ago so yeah we're hoping when we go back to the midwest we're not uh faced with that so
1: (laughs) it'll probably be like 30 to 40 but won't it won't be too bad i don't think just don't wear shorts and you're good to go
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've been told that three times today by people not to wear shorts. So um, I got to dig my winter coat out. So it'll be good though. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll find my jeans.
1: Okay, so. Phil. Now this last reasoning, and I think this one, I think might be my favorite one. Um, and I'm going to need your historical expertise here to make sure I am getting this information right. So um, the last one is... Uh, They've kind of called the collective unconscious, okay? But it's used in a different sense than how we know it. So the final possible explanation is a little more convoluted, a little more complicated. In 1958, psychologist uh, Carl Jung released a book titled Flying Saucers, A Modern Myth of Things Seen in the Skies. Basically, what he stated was that the collective unconscious was to blame for th- what the citizens had witnessed in Nuremberg in 1561. Basically what he means by this is that particular region of the Holy Roman Empire had just endured quite a bit of upheaval. Um, people were kind of living harder than they had been, things like that. And from what I was reading, a lot of this had to do with the Reformation. Now, how you mentioned it, I was kind of reading through it a little bit, and tell me if I'm wrong here. Um, mm-hmm. It involved Martin Luther a lot, kind of yep. going against the Catholic Church, and he essentially created the sect known as Protestants. Am I following that right?
0: Yeah. So the split between Protestants and Catholic happened um, basically in what we now know as like Germany. Um, he, the famous where he he pinned up the letters against the church doors Uh, that, you know, that famous scene, it's like repeated, obviously, you you know, a lot of paintings and stuff like that. But basically he was going against um, indulgences, which was rich people kind of trying to buy their way into heaven. Like instead Mm. of having to spend time in purgatory, like a peasant would, they would try to buy their way past purgatory, kind of like the VIP line nowadays. Same, same basic thing.
1: God, you mean like basically if you go to universal studios and you don't buy the fast pass um you, yeah. Yeah, you're you're in the hell purgatory lines waiting to get on a ride there um, oh yeah
0: well now the fast pass lines apparently are even longer or just as long as the regular peasant line yeah so now they now they want you to buy like a double fast pass <laughs> that gets you into the even better line that's so, how
1: it's it's de- the price of that's just gonna keep going up
0: um, oh, definitely. Yeah. So, okay, now... Swindlers, motherfucking.
1: <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong on any of this here. Now, the gentleman in charge of the Holy Roman Empire empire at the time was Holy Roman Emperor Charles V. Um, now, apparently, there was some sort of a religious revolution kind of happening in the country, and it started a little bit of a war, civil war-ish there and Nuremberg in particular had just been affected by the second Margrave war I guess um I didn't know about the first and I don't know if there's a third either but basically the land itself around this time period was experiencing a huge flux with the religious balance and this it sounded like the citizens ended up having to pay a lot more tax because of the war and like they were enduring hardships and stuff like that. Um, Was it kind of what, I wouldn't call it a civil war, but it seemed like some sort of a revolution against um, Emperor Charles.
0: Mm, It was, I mean, okay, so I haven't really studied the school. Um, Holy Roman Empire. I mean, it's like I said before, it's basically a large region made up of smaller little, you know, Like Prussia, really interesting. Holy Roman Empire, not very interesting, (laughs) like for what I've studied in the past. But um, there is actually Hardcore History, uh, Dan Carlin, a podcast that he does, he actually talks about this a little bit. I'm not exactly sure if it is the Second Margrave War, but he talks about basically um, cities under siege by you know protestants either coming to take over a catholic city or catholics coming to take over a city that had been taken over by protestants and you know mass killings um yeah the basically back then there would have been taxes raised to pay for a war so it would have landed on you know obviously like it always does shit rolls downhill it would have landed on the poorest people um that would have that would have really shaped their psyche for all of this, I know eventually the the lands of like the Holy Roman Empire, uh, Germany, you know, what is now known as Germany, would become kind of like Protestant – cap, like the Protestant capital basically of Europe. And then obviously, you know, Scotland was also Protestant. Um, they were fighting against the the French, which were was like the Catholic stronghold, also, you know, uh, the Vatican – and then the British went off and did whatever the fuck they wanted, you know, with their own little Anglican church. But, <laughs> yeah, there was quite a bit of uh, war going on. Um, basically, Protestants and Catholics, it was basically a blood feud that lasted up until not, you know, like maybe the fucking 1700s. So it was um, and I mean, it it wasn't full on war. But it still lasted Protestants versus Catholics up until fucking what JFK was elected. Pretty well, much. I, I was going to say all still hating each other.
1: I would get. It, I was going to say. I'm pretty sure there's quite a bit of at least passive aggressiveness between the two of them.
0: Yeah, it was. I mean, not so much now in America, but I imagine in other, countries, you know, uh, Northern Ireland. You know, the Protestants versus Catholics probably. Um, in the last fifty years, the worst place for it, but yeah, it was it was a it was a pretty much a fucking blood feud back then. They were just going at it with each other. So well, okay.
1: So having said all that, right, everyone can yeah. kind of get an idea of what these normal people had to go through, uh, particularly during you know fifteen hundred to sixteen hundred um, in this area. So essentially. What Carl Jung is saying here is maybe they did have an event, some sort of weird phenomena in the sky. Maybe it wasn't this intense um, as you know Hans would go on to describe it, but because of all the turmoil, the depression obviously, the hardship, um, it essentially became we're enduring all this and God's is sending us this sign. And is punishing us kind of for fighting and all of that. Does that make sense kind of?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Um, Obviously, like during any war, you're kind of looking for any, you know, leg up in the, um, you know, the war of words or I guess you would, the war in the presses kind of deal. So if you, if you see an event like this, you, you know, and you have a printing press, you can kind of. Use your ideals to shape public psyche to think whatever you maybe want them to think, I guess. But yeah, I could see that. Um, like, obviously, also to seeing something a little bit weird in the sky and then pulling it up. I mean, that shit happens nowadays, even. Yeah, so, you it's know,
1: very. That's a very good point. Um, kind of the other thing I was wondering in why hey had. Uh, we t- wanted you to kind of look at this guy's other, um, art, I guess, here, or his wood carvings, or whatever you want to call them. If it looked like his drawings were a bit over
0: exaggerated, which I
1: guess they kind of are, right?
0: Yeah. So, well, that, w- that one gentleman is about 75 feet tall. Yeah. In, in the one picture.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's kind of, it's kind of strange. Do you think, okay, what do you, what do you think? um kind of is the whole what what do you think happened here uh
0: realistically i don't i mean if i had to put my money on it i would bet that probably it was some kind of very explainable um phenomenon with you know not phenomenon it's explainable but something that we can scientifically explain today very easily that maybe they had never seen before um maybe it's something like a solar flare or sun dogs or something like that um also when the sun is coming up and you look at the sun your vision's not very good Uh, that's the reason why a lot of the battles uh the people who are on defense or who could basically pick their side would put their backs to the sun so that their enemies had to fight them looking at the sun Uh, when you're kind of like in the morning you wake up get out of you know go outside and the sun's out it kind of hurts your vision. So who knows what you see? I mean, I would see a lot of spots too.
1: True. So, Very true. Yeah. Um. See, that's kind of where I'm laying on this is that I think maybe they did see a sundog or like some, some other event in the sky. And then they're like, Oh, this must be God. Who's mad at us or God who's punishing us or something or along the lines you know the the long game of telephone yeah. over time really manipulates stories so
0: um oh yeah there's always that too you know how big was the fish you caught such you know like it starts off being a minnow and it turns into a <laughs> by the time you're you know by the time it goes around um I I mean I do kind of I would give it a little bit maybe maybe three percent but I mean I do like the idea of warring factions in the sky, you know, of aliens, like f- duking it out. It's just it's one of those deals where he didn't describe it. He described in your mind, like your mind makes it into a UFO in the sky. But the way that he describes it, um, like he it sounds like he might have described it differently. He like burning crosses and all that stuff, which he might have just kind of made but and the way he he kind of paints the picture also, but my my what my vision of it is kind of painted by popular culture. So who knows what he saw and how he tried to describe it or to paint it. But it just with all of the burning crosses that he uses, I don't know, it's kind of weird. But I mean, the little dots he says are in formation, so that's kind of compelling.
1: Yeah, um, I guess if it was aliens fighting with each other, this would probably be the best time for them to do it because they probably knew that humans couldn't retaliate or shoot anything at them or really do anything.
0: Oh, yeah, the best you've got is a musket ball, and those aren't going to die. <laughs> so. um, maybe, maybe one of those big-ass cannons that uh, the Turks were using back then to try to get into the walls of... Constantinople. Maybe that from a hilltop might have been able to, you know, nick one. But that's about it. But I mean, that would be crazy if it was, who knows, fucking insectoids versus reptilians, or maybe Barry Satira was up there in his time machine, you know, spreading all those liberal beliefs on everybody.
1: (laughs) I I don't know. It's it's such a weird I love these old stories because they don't make any sense and it's just like, did they actually see something or is this just basically fan fiction? I
0: don't know. Yeah. It's just like when you read kind of like the quatrains from Thomas, you read it and you take what the words say or the pictures, you take what the pictures kind of what they do with it. And you're thinking like, what could it be? And kind of what you want it to be is what it becomes really. So. Right.
1: Very true. Very if you want true. it to be
0: nine eleven, it's nine eleven. <laughs>
1: very true. It's just uh it's just such a weird story and it has a weird drawing which apparently is still in a museum in Austria. I believe you have to go to to see it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's kind of it's kind of neat.
0: Yeah. I if I w- if I went to Austria, that probably wouldn't be on the list of the top 50 things that I wanted to see, but yeah, there's uh yeah, Austria. I mean, it was a really po- really powerful country back then. Uh it has a lot of history though. That'd be uh that'd be one of the great places. I I haven't visited that country, so that'd be cool. But
1: isn't that where the Spear of that, Destiny is?
0: Yes. It's oh, one of the yeah. Spear of Destinies was in Austria.
1: But where's the one where the fake
0: one's on display? Oh God, I forgot. Was I that, that in a that French town? I thought that was in Austria. There, it wasn't there was one in Austria, but there's another one. Oh, in the Vatican there is uh it's not on display but it's supposedly in a like a uh, in a encasement or something like that
1: mm. it's
0: you can't see it but you can see where it's housed that situation the one at the vatican
1: do you think they have jesus's
0: foreskin in there too possibly i think that was from what <laughs> i remember it was france <laughs> okay. but supposedly there was <laughs> what, it, what was i reading there was enough of jesus's foreskin to basically create like another Jesus or something like that. Like, there's so many fake foreskins like from Jesus all over the world. But that was from that episode. So go back and watch that episode. Yeah, yeah that, the holy relics one. That was a good one. That
1: was a uh, that was a very good episode. Um, anyway, Phil. Uh, if anybody uh wants to give us their opinion on what they're seeing today, uh, with this alien battle, where can they do that?
0: Well they can hit us up on our email subliminal at gmail.com. Uh, it's great for hearing from everybody. Uh, you know really great all of the all of the advice even you know all of the <laughs> I got some great advice from one of the listeners on my my audio editing technique with the outro so thanks for that. I actually <laughs> took your advice if you noticed so there you go. But you can also get a hold of us on our Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Also, probably an even better way to get a hold of us. Uh, really appreciate all the likes, all the shares, everything. Uh, people coming out, you know, giving us episode ideas. It's all good. Cody and I also have our own Instagram accounts. Mine is SDPodPhil. Cody, you got one.
1: Uh, yeah, you can follow me at Cody's above on Instagram. Thank you guys uh, who've been reaching out to me and uh, leaving me some nice messages and such. I really appreciate that. The last thing we need you guys to do is to log on iTunes, leave a show five star review. Doesn't matter what you say. Just uh, type whatever you want in there. Uh, you can set, type Hans rules. Uh, if you're a Spotify user, you can. Uh, it's even easier. You just. Leave the five-star review. Don't have to type a goddamn thing. It's really simple, and we greatly appreciate when you uh, take time to do it because it shoots us up the charts, and judging by our charts, when people do it, it does make a difference. So thank you to everybody who's taken the time to do that. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this little trip back to the 1500s in in Nuremberg there. uh, We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.